recording. Oh, yes. What is going on, everybody? It is Wednesday. We have itchy dogs, obviously. And it is Wednesday night. It is Wrestling Outlet. I hope you are all doing well. You've got Boxman here. How is everyone doing? I hope you are doing well. My wife is behind me, as you can see. She's grabbing her shit and getting the fuck out of here, obviously. Uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, across from me, as usual, in orange, looking like he just broke out of the penitentiary. It is. Uh, the one and only lead voice of a generation. I'm Mark Wahlberg. How are you? I am good. I believe the audio is better this week. I did get very lucky. Uh, the first chord I found was uh, pretty ripped up. So I went with trying that one first. I'm hoping it works. The only weird problem I'm having is my audio is still switching from mono to stereo, but hopefully we'll stay in uh, on two channels. And um, I kind of think I might need a new mixer, to be honest with you. I don't. I think my kids have uh, beat this one up. So I think I might need a new mixer. But um, anyway... How else is uh how's things going, man? It's going pretty good. Had a nice Easter weekend. Spent some time with the family. How about you? How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I uh finally got to go out on my boat for the first time in about three years. Um, took out my boat Saturday. I got a good, nice little sunburn, turning into a tan right about now. But uh, it was I didn't get one bite while fishing but uh it was nice being on the lake back in my boat and uh it was nice man sunday i didn't really didn't do anything i uh i messed with this actually i stayed home and tried to mess with the audio on this and like i said i'm pretty sure i got it back working again to what it used to be which was pretty damn good. So hopefully we're uh, we're back running again. Um, like I said, I'm pretty sure we are. What I re- when I recorded sounded very good. So hopefully we are all a good a two ago. But um, so I guess we've got a few things. I guess we can go ahead and roll into. There's not a ton of things to talk about, but there is a couple of things actually. Nor I was just talking about this in the chat room before the uh, before the show went live. Something we meant to talk about last week and did not. Um, there's two things, actually, that I, meant, uh, that I meant to mention last week, and I forgot to mention it to Smart. So one thing, though, was mentioned in the chat room, and it was the thing about um, one of the wrestle conventions. One of the, I think it was WrestleCon, maybe, where um, Rick Steiner said some uh, pretty derogatory things to Giselle Shaw which uh oops wait a minute I'm gonna have to drop that down a little bit hold on need to get that down down all right let's do this one more time there we go there's Giselle Shaw right there um yeah so there you go 
Uh, he did say some pretty derogatory things to her. Now, it, obviously, Nora posted a little thing. We can get into a little bit of what may have happened. Now, Cornette had someone at the WrestleCon, which that doesn't surprise me. Um, this person claims that Rick was cranky that Scott Demore and Giselle Shaw were standing in front of the Steiner table and told them to move. They didn't move quickly enough, so Rick got more loud. Scott then decided to tell Rick that Giselle, who has said this before, was transgender. And that's when Rick started calling Giselle a freak. Um, and after Scott told uh, Scott Demore told everybody at the con what happened, that's when Rick, um, I guess they made Rick leave. Rick tried to offer some apology, but it wasn't accepted. So I, I, I didn't get the uh, whole thing. It was a whole thing with Cornette talking about it. But um, th- uh, this is... um. You know what I think happened? I think Rick got a weird boner and didn't know how to react. Yeah, we've all been there, shouting things that we ought not to in the presence of a weird boner. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not quite sure what happened, but um, this is supposedly what happened in this little situation right there. But, um, you know, usually you would think it was Scott Steiner, the one screaming... And, um, you know, making a fool of himself. But no, in this case, it's Rick Steiner screaming, making a fool of himself. Um, ain't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it, uh, ain't it odd? <laughs> My how the All t- what? because of a table at WrestleCon. All because of a table at WrestleCon. Um, I, this is just, I mean, I, I just can't believe shit like this is still happening in fucking 2023 i i mean i guess yeah whatever rick is an old school guy and old school mentality but i don't think that really explains any of this meanwhile fucking virgil's just sitting there all by himself reading the newspaper there you go like i said i think uh i think rick didn't didn't uh didn't know how to react to uh i mean I just don't think Rick knew Rick knew what to do. <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, I guess he, he had an idea of what he wanted to do, but that probably wasn't the best idea. Listen, we're joking, but in all honesty, I, I do not at all condone what Rick Steiner did. I that's it, it was pretty fucked up in my opinion. But uh Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're making jokes about this, but yeah, it was uh it was not a good thing. And like I said, it's it's, it's kind of crazy that it's still happening in 2023. You would figure these guys would learn that shit like that ain't going to fly. It's going to get you kicked out. It's going to get you in trouble. It's going to make you look like a piece of shit. That's what's going to happen. So, you know, if those are your fucking thoughts, here's an idea. Keep them to your fucking self. No kidding. I mean, I, that's all I'm saying. Just keep them to your fucking self. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of back and forth of what went on. I I didn't quite hear the apology, but I can can only imagine. (laughs) I mean, what the apology was. So, and if no one's accepting the apology, I can really imagine what it was. But uh, 
we were uh they was mentioned in the chat room last week and i didn't want to go without uh mentioning it at least this week and talking about it a little bit so there you go now smark from what i understand things didn't get much better because after he got kicked out he went to the gas station he was going to try to calm himself down have a couple of beers he reaches for some you know case of bud light and then just all hell breaks loose Oh my lord, he was he started mm-hmm. dancing. He went in his car, he turned on show tunes. <laughs> That's it. There you have it. He, he caught the gay <laughs> from the from the from the Bud Light. He caught the gay. <laughs> That's right. AJ Styles tried to warn us. Oh shit. Let me just say I didn't drink Bud Light before, so if I don't drink it now, it means absolutely nothing. Never was a fan. Never was a fan. Um, Like Budweiser, back in the day, it was also uh, easy to obtain from the gas station I worked at. Let's put it that way. Um, It was out of view. Go, go. I I was going to say, I was never much of a beer person. When I did drink beer, I drink usually I drink Yinling. Ooh, that's good. Strong, little, little thick, little, little, little heavy for me but uh i do like that what is it yingling flight that's good shit I like the black and tan oh you do like the thick beer don't you like the you're you're a guinness guy aren't you yeah sometimes i like a car bomb not so much like guinness straight but yeah. I like a nice car bomb moving out again and i mean you said the black and tan that's what guinness and bass right yeah 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 now bass i like bass is very good i'm not i, I just guinness is too it is a stout it's too stout for me it's too thick it's like like drinking chocolate yeah i mean it's kind of the whole point i think it is a chocolate stout or yeah. there i don't know if it is exactly but i know that i've had a couple of chocolate stouts before that are pretty awesome no nah, i'm not too big i'm just not big on the guinness just never have been like they would do those big you know guinness toasts at the bar break the world record I would take the smallest little sip and put that. I'd give it to somebody. That stuff is awful. To me, I just don't. I don't care for that. I'm not big on. I mean, if it was the chocolate, I'm not big on that anyway. So many reasons I don't like the stout ale, but uh, bass. I do like the bass. But um, anyway, we were going to go from one thing at a convention to something better at a convention. So for something better. Here's a little thing, little 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 side of the Undertaker we don't always get to see here. This little mini taker. Hey, look at that. Hey. Can you get down there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one, two. Three. All right, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That'll be an ominous looking picture. Right <laughs> <laughs> Say bye-bye. See ya. All right. Thank you, Taker. How many times do we see Undertaker greeting a mini taker? Hmm. That was just adorable. I don't know, man. It's it's just tough seeing Undertaker like that. All just, but I mean, you know, he's he's a dad now. So I was unaware that David Richards was such a big Undertaker fan. Oh, well, you know, in his resume. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot. I forgot to check that part in his resume. That's a throwback right there. 
for those of you who don't know, back in the day when uh, on the THT uh, group, Davy Richards and Shaheen got into a bit of a tiff, and uh, Davy Richards asked Shaheen for his resume. What's your resume? Who have you beat? <laughs> it's the most indie comeback in the world. Ah. <laughs> oh. So yeah, that was uh, that was a little uh, a little something there. But I, I I just thought that I saw that today, and I'm like, oh, I want to play that. That's that, that kid was so tiny. I like the idea of David Richards showing up to like WWE headquarters with a laminated resume <laughs> and drive. Well, it was on HDNet at one point. Oh. <laughs> I was also on that TV Guide channel for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he was on. What was that prog, pro, progressive wrestling, progress wrestling, something like that? Uh, I, I can't remember. Me neither. I know that the, while he was with Impact, they were on a lot of different fucking weird channels. Destination America and whatnot. Yeah, they were. But I don't <laughs> The hunting channel. They were. I don't think they were on the hunt. They were, maybe it was. I don't know. There's a lot of they were just yeah. They went from like weird hobby network to weird hobby network. It was pretty wild. Yeah, they just kind of jumped around a little bit. But I don't know. They're on Access TV, so good for them. PBS presents Impact Wrestling. They. You look like you're part of it in your orange mm. shirt. That's right. So, Smark, let's get into, now that we've seen a couple of little things out of some WrestleCons and some adorableness, let's uh, get into something that you mentioned to me, just sort of in passing me, and you were kind of going back and forth on uh, Messenger last week. Mm-hmm. And I'm another thing I meant to mention last week, but I don't know how we were just, uh, somehow we were just talking, and you mentioned that you believe... Or do you want to say it? Go ahead, Smart. Well, you used to do, and I guess you still do in some regards, do the, the movie show. You like to do the Hollywood Hangout, and you've done a lot of character actors. Okay. You like to spotlight those, and you've also mentioned how much you enjoy Jeff Jarrett, and I was listening to an interview with Jeff Jarrett, and it kind of dawned on me that he's basically the wrestling equivalent of a character actor. Like, he doesn't, he's, he's never been, like, the top guy. I mean, he, TNA, but it's TNA, whatever. He's not, like, the, the main event-level talent. He's not, like, the featured star. But he's consistently found work just sort of popping up here and there and doing these random, like, kind of bit parts almost. He is the fucking ultimate character actor in wrestling. You know, I, I've never thought of it that way. But um, I guess you could say yes. That, 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 that probably is one of the reasons why. And you're right. I do spotlight these character actors like... Uh, uh, like Lachlan Monroe, like uh, uh, Robert Lasardo. I mean, that's a guy that I don't think anybody would ever concentrate on. And yeah, I have, and you're right, I, I do. I do focus on those character actors. They're actors you see in, like I've said, in, in tons of movies, tons of things, and you're like, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. You know, and you may not know his name. But, you know, I mean, like Robert Lasardo is the, 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 the tattooed dude, the skinny tattooed guy. But he's mm. in a shitload of movies. Everyone should know who the fuck he is. 
and yeah, I mean, I, I guess that does make sense of why I would like a Jeff Jarrett or some guys that are lower on the card, but that should be what they're there for. That should be what they're used for. That should be their <laughs> that should be their character role on the show is to be that that supporting actor, I guess. In and yeah, I mean, I, I, I it makes sense. It, it does. It does make sense. And I really, like I said, I never really thought of it that way. But yeah, I guess Jeff Jarrett would be a character actor. And you're right. I do have a weird, I don't know if it's a weird obsession, but I do like to spotlight those guys that I don't feel get any spotlight. Like I said, you you, you see him in all these movies, all these different TV shows. And, you know, like, and, you know, Robert Rosado is probably the perfect one to say, you know, because he's in, you know, you'll see him in CSI. And then you see him in a like Strangeland, and then you'll see him in a Steven Seagal movie, and then you'll see him on NYPD Blue, and then you'll see him here. And I don't know if maybe I feel they they get a bad rap, or they don't get enough spotlight, or they could be more than they are. But I don't know. I, I guess I've never seen Jeff Jarrett and a few other mid carters that I like as character actors, but it's. It's a fucking incredible comparison, and I think you fucking hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just somebody is just really technically proficient at their job. Like, doesn't necessarily have what it takes to be like a top star, but if somebody's just consistently good, right? And I mean, like you said, you mentioned TNA. I mean, Daddy owned it. Let's 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 not bring that into it. That's just, that that was nepotism, total nepotism. Yeah total nepotism action so that was uh that but yeah i i i see where you were going with that and i i i never thought of it that way but it's definitely the right way to put it and yeah i know i need to get back to doing that because i i I enjoyed focusing on those character actors and kind of going through what they've been in what they've done what their how their career started like uh Al Zhang, that guy right there. I mean, that guy's been in a ton of things from the 80s and 90s. And we've seen him. I don't know how many movies we've seen that guy die in. But and do you know who I'm talking about? Not necessarily. I'm not a super big movie person. The guy who pulled the candy bar out of the cabinet in Die Hard. Okay. During the right before the shooting scene. That was him. The Asian guy. You know, another guy I focused on, another great actor that's been in tons of movies. We, like I said, we've seen him die. We, we saw him torture Mel Gibson in *Lethal Weapon*, the first one. Yeah, he was en- uh, Endo in that one. If you if you remember that one, that's that was another that was him right there. So, yeah, you're right. I, I guess I do like to focus on character actors. I have a little soft spot in my heart for him, and you know, I'm. I'm I've never said I was a Jeff Jared like super fan, but I respect the fucking guy's hustle. I respect what he's out there doing. The guy can still fucking go. Like I said, the guy when he's out there, the crowd reacts to him in the way he wants them to react. Not getting go away heat. He's not getting X Pac heat when he goes out there. Not anymore. He has before, but not right now. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, man, I think you fucking nailed that one. 
practice hustle too because fuck I mean that guy who said he, that he's won a million guitars and didn't draw a dime my fucking ass that guy's been making dimes for fucking decades now yeah, and, and that may be true also he might not have drawn a dime but you know what Um, I, I hope Mark's okay he's okay he's okay folks so upset with the Jeff Jarrett slander that I just threw my keyboard I, I looked down for a second. I thought you fell off the bed. I was like, oh, shit. All right, okay. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> I fall and I can't get up. <laughs> I'm pressing the life alert button over here. I'll tell him to look for the, b- the big guy in yellow. <laughs> Orange. Sorry. Yeah, even worse. I won't know where to look. I know. I meant orange. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're all a little colorblind sometimes, huh? Mm-hmm. You're just trying to look like Taz. I understand. Of course. Of course. I get it. I do. I understand. I do. So, yeah, that, uh, like I said, we just brought that up in conversation, and I'm like, man, he fucking nailed that. And kind of the more I've been thinking about it, Definitely, definitely nailed it. Um, I hear my daughter sneaking in the room. You what? You you have to poop? Okay. Well, I, I think you should go in there. You can close the door if you want. <sighs> she will not use the boys' bathroom. I don't blame her. I don't either. <laughs> it's I don't. controversial. No, it's gross. Um Yes, definitely. Yeah, it's not controversial. It's 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 gross. But um yeah. Like I said, I think that was a great point. I never uh, just never kind of, you know, went through it like that and pinpointed it that shit, you're right. I I'm I'm a character actor guy. You you got a point there. I and in lieu of a proper news story, I do have a little bit of an impromptu game of who am I? Let's see if you can name the person responsible for this quote. You ready? Okay, go ahead. This is a person who is apparently just a big old fan of Roman Reigns, all right? Okay. okay. Quote, Roman Reigns is one of the greatest champions of all time, on top of being one of the most handsome guys alive. He's got it all. The look, the size, the bloodline, the whole thing is so strong. Hmm. Bret Hart. Hey, WCW. Yeah, this is relevant. Okay, WCW. WCW. It's not a Steiner. He was, he was in uh, Ready to Rumble. It was not David Arquette, by the way. I'll, I'll make that a little bit easier. Diamond Dallas Page? You are correct, sir. Okay. Diamond Dallas Page is apparently a big old fan of Roman Reigns. It's just, and not only just his uh, wrestling acumen, but... Apparently, he's a rather handsome guy. Well, DDP's comfortable enough in his skin to say so. <laughs> it just made me laugh because that was the first thing that he went to. He's like, he's one of the greatest champions ever. He's so fucking hot. Like, what was it? <laughs> I mean, hey, you do you. God bless. Huh? It just that, that was a little bit out of surprising. I think those were his exact words, but uh, okay, okay. I got to fix something here real quick. Hold on. My... Uh... I got some sort of bug in my Chrome, and it pulls up 
it pulls up weird sometimes. I have to switch the search engine back. So I, I'm just pulling up my uh, my AEW notes while we're talking here. I'll put them down there and get them later. But uh, I guess we uh, need to uh, get into some news here real quick. What? What? Oh, you want Huggy? Come here. I love you, girl. Good night. Okay. Am I supposed to say no? I can't do that. I can't say no. There you go. I can't. So I get it. So what are you going to do? Well, anyway, um, I guess we could talk about someone, uh, another thing, Smart, that's kind of someone else that's in a little bit of hot water. Uh, it was WWE uh, last weekend when... Uh, WWE decided to show some footage of bars and walls and I guess WWE mistakenly used Auschwitz. Obviously famous from Germany from the concentration camp Auschwitz to promote this story. Um, Auschwitz itself actually criticized WWE. Uh, in a tweet, they said the fact that Auschwitz was, uh, image was used to promote WWE, a WWE match is hard to call an editing mistake, the museum wrote on Twitter uh, today, actually. <coughs> um, obviously, uh, they said exploiting the site that became a symbol of enormous human tragedy is shameless and insults the memory of all victims of Auschwitz. WWE did issue a little apology. Um, actually, this was last week. They issued an apology on Friday that said it was an error. They said we had no knowledge of what was depicted. As soon as we learned, it was removed immediately. We apologize for this error. They didn't know what they were depicting? Hmm. I guess. I mean, I guess you could say that, but I mean... <laughs> this doesn't look like a prison. This looks like worse than a prison when you look at this picture. I could entirely believe that somebody who is responsible for approving video packages for a wrestling promotion doesn't necessarily have the greatest grasp of history, considering they make up their own anyway. Uh, very true. You're very correct with that. They do make up their own history. Um, but I just, man, they really do not look at their history. And I mean, you know, literally, it, it, if you find that picture on Google, would you not just like right click it and go to Google Lens and go, what is this exactly a picture of before we post this? going to imagine that's going to be the last time they let JBL make video packages for them. <laughs> I got a perfect picture for you to use. Mm -hmm. There's one of me. See, I was in Germany, right? Uh, JBL, go. No, 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 no. Go. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Poor JBL. Yeah, WWE, though, with their... Uh, that's a uh, pretty limp statement 
if you ask me. But this was used in the Dominic Mysterio uh, pretending to be jailed kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, they did end up uh, using a picture they probably shouldn't have used or at least researched a little more. And, yeah, they used Auschwitz is what they did. So, man. I mean, they did that. They almost named Gunther after a Nazi. Um, Which I, I think they did. I think it was his last name, but then they just like sort of pulled that one back and was like, all right, only a first name for you now. Yeah, they're uh, they're uh, they're really showing their there's something going on there. <laughs> Helps explain Vince's mustache a little better, I reckon. Oh, don't worry. That's up next, Mark. <laughs> Don't you worry. Boy, oh boy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, of course. We do have to mention a little bit on Vince McMahon because according to this new contract, new filing, um, since Vince McMahon is back being an employee of the company, it's said that there is a kind of new clause in here about a code of conduct for old uh, Vinnie Mac and uh, the way he's obviously acted in the past. Uh, this is what it says. Uh, Vince McMahon's new contract with WWE was signed late last month, uh, the 29th actually of March, and binds him to the company's code of conduct. THR is reporting as a part of a feature on the WWE sale to Endeavor that McMahon signed a new contract with WWE on March 29th. And they viewed a copy of the contract, with, which includes a requirement to comply with the code. According to the copy, um, McMahon's continued employment shall be conditioned on compliance with the company's conflict of interest and code of conduct, conduct and WWE's equal opportunity and non-harassment policy. The new contract comes as WWE agreed to sell its controlling interest to Endeavor and will be merged with the UFC into a new publicly traded company. I believe they're calling it TKO is what they're going to be traded under. Um, <laughs> so if by any chance Vince gets a little uh, frisky, they do have an out. And I don't know if anybody realized this, but Vince is not going to have the controlling power to just go on the board and make whatever rules he wants anymore. Endeavor owns controlling stake, 51% of the company, which means they're going to hold con like controlling everything. So this is true, but this is also the same company that prior to this was doing business with Dana White didn't hold him terribly responsible for anything that he did either. So I get what you're saying. That like if Vince is out here acting super ridiculous, they can go ahead and give him the boot. But I mean, I question what exactly that would take. Yeah. I think that would take a lot. I mean, being just literally what they've already know about him and still wanted him back as, you know, head of the, you know, head of the board on the WWE side. That says a lot, if you ask me. 
That really, I think that was probably one of the things that led to them making the deal with them instead of like with a Disney or Fox or whatever. Is the fact that they still wanted Vince to be in charge, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that, or I, I, I can't, I wouldn't deny that. I mean, Vince definitely wanted to be back in charge. I think that was pretty, pretty fucking glaring. Uh, I mean, the man was obviously, God, that fucking die job. <laughs> okay, who, who is in his, I mean, this is the problem. This is like where you have too much money. Because there is nobody out there that is looking out for his best interests. Like it's one thing, and I mean, I guess when you already told him to retire before he gets fired, he just ignores you. you. You can't do much about it. But who's looking at him with this hair and this mustache and the, and the fucking dyed eyebrows, and just being like, "Yeah, you're good to be on TV." I I I don't know. I feel like he could greet me on Fantasy Island. He actually he reminds me a little bit, but without the gray because he dyed it all, of like the fucking Spider Man's boss, at the Daily Bugle. Okay, uh, Jay, Jay something Jameson, I think. Look, I don't know shit about comic books. He was in Oz for a long time. He was in a lot of the shows in Oz. Um, a lot of those episodes, I think almost all the episodes. I forget his name though. It starts with a J. 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 Jonah Jameson. Let me. Yeah. See. Here we go. I, I'm gonna send it to you. We can do this compare and contrast like we did last time. I don't think is that's it. Some, I mean, that's a character name. That's not the actor. Oh. Name. Okay. Yeah. 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 I do know who you're talking about. Though. I totally do. I totally. But I mean, he was. You know, the character existed in the comic books before the movie, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. I don't know why I felt the need to point that out in hindsight. Like, as that sentence is leaving my mouth, I was like, that is useless information. I don't know, but I definitely think, like I said, I believe this guy could definitely greet me on Fantasy Island. I could just see Hornswoggle yelling, Deplane, Deplane. Just in case, so just as a recap there, if anybody was curious, the comic book that the movie was based on existed before the movie. Okay. Hold on. There it is. Okay. So this is going to be a very small picture, but we'll be able to do this. So we're going to save the image because I'm not going to put this image through the little, the ringer of the uh, bulk resize. It's too small. So here we go. We're going to do this. We need to do this. Hold on. All right. Let me grab that picture. Hold on one sec. Uh Oh, I shouldn't have done that. That's going to move us. All right. Give me two seconds. (laughs) Actually, I think Derek got to the bottom of this case. Vince McMahon stole the die from Keith. That's where he got the die from. He might have. That's that's definitely a possibility. Um, oh crap! You know that is kind of what Keith Lee is looking like nowadays. Where like you, if you snow cone and you just drink all the syrup out of it, you just have like half a cup of ice. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here we go, Smart. We put this right here. Oh yeah, I can see it. Oh, yeah. I can see it. Here, go, go over this side. Here we go. This better? There we go. That's better. Let me get rid of the lines for you. Okay. I can see that. Definitely the mustache. The hair. I like this guy better. Yeah, he's a little less nefarious. 
a little less. Uh, less uh, he's got less sexual allegations against him, at least. Um, but yeah, there you go. So Vince now has to actually have a code of conduct or uh, possibly get booted. But like you said, Smart, I believe it would take a lot, a lot for him to uh, to get out of there. So, yeah, there you go. So, all right, let me do this, close this out, get some stuff off that screen. I accidentally hit that twice. There we go. And we don't have too many more things to get into, folks, so uh, just uh, hang out for a little while longer. But, yeah, we'll see what happens with Vince there, how long he can hold on to his nice little code of conduct there, Smart. As I will say, as I've said again, there is supposedly more information that we don't know about. Non-public information, folks. That would actually be fucking an A-plus con man move. If they knew more shit was coming out, they signed him with a clause that, like, it's a code of conduct. More shit comes out, they're like, all right, we gotta get rid of you. Like, basically, they just fucking swindled him so that he would sell the company to them, and then they give him the boot. Yeah. That would be. That would be fucking awesome, actually. I would love that shit. That'd be fucking some gangster shit on fucking on Endeavor's part. For sure. That would be some fucking gangster shit on Endeavor's part right there. So. All right, folks. Let's talk about it. What you've been waiting for. The wait. Is. You're still waiting. You're still going to be waiting for fight forever, folks. Uh, we've heard a few reasons. We heard that they were waiting on a rating. They were waiting on this. They were waiting on that. Well, basically what they're saying now, I'm going to sum all this up. It's like four paragraphs that I don't feel like uh, going through. In all of it, basically they say the game is ready to go. They're just waiting on THQ to announce a date. But Nothing else is holding it up. Nothing. Everything nothing is... Nothing at all. Nothing at all. They're ready to go. The game should be announced. They're waiting for the announcement. I guess they're preparing to make the announcement is what the whole wait is about right now. But there is nothing else holding this up. The rating, it has a T for teen. So there you go. They've got everything they wanted. And I think get uh, basically what this article is saying all they're waiting for now is for THQ to get off their fucking lazy asses and get out there and announce the fucking release date already I mean at this point it really kind of doesn't make sense not to just fucking wait for holiday season I mean yeah but at that point you're going to just piss off people and people are going to be like well what the fuck now you just wait until fucking Christmas why do I want to fucking buy it now True. Or, I mean, like, I guess you have E3 coming up in, like, two months. I think it's June or July, the, the gaming convention. Just go ahead and fucking put it out then, I guess. I don't That'd know. be a nice one. That'd be a good one to do it on. That'd be a very good one to go ahead and just pop it up, pop it out right there. Just whip it out. I will say, though, if they're smart, what they need to do is they need to make it available for, like, the PlayStation Plus and Game Pass. Because as far as I know, the WWE game isn't. 
it's certainly not available for Game Pass. So if you make your shit more available for the subscription services, then you're going to have more people playing the games and talking about it. And if it's good, people might actually want to buy it. Yeah, because, I mean, those games you can play, like, on this, right? Like, on OBS and stuff. Yeah, you can play on stream, uh, on Steam. Yeah, Steam and stuff like that, which, I don't know, you, you'd, you'd figure they would do all that. But, man, it just feels like we've been literally waiting and waiting and waiting for this game to come out. And people are, like, still talking about it. They want it, and it just doesn't seem to want to... Uh, it just doesn't seem to, that they want to, but I, you could be right. They could do it at the E3. That would be a, probably the perfect place to do it. So I guess all we can do is uh, hope that's what happens. So anyway, I guess we can get to the last little bit of news I got here. And then we'll, uh, man, this might end up being a really, really nice and quick show. I got no issues with that. Well, Tony Schiavone kind of let something leak on his podcast. Uh, he was talking, and he has uh, he mentioned that AEW has signed 18-year-old Billy Starks. That is with a Z, folks. 18 years old. I love this picture. You see Jim Ross poking out there? Mm-hmm. You see Jim Ross poking out in the top right? I said, since we're already talking about it, it's a good thing that she signed with AEW because she can't get bookings in Memphis anymore. Well, she's too old. Mm. Too old, is that what it is? That's right. Yeah, I got to admit, I haven't seen much of her, but uh, from what people have said that I've read and seen from what all the articles that I've uh, you know looked at today, people are really happy about this. They're praising the shit out of this hire. Um, they're saying she's like amazing and great and she's worked all over the place in Japan and, you know, for GCW and she's been doing everything. So supposedly she's really good and, uh, looks like she is now signed according to Tony Schiavone. She's signed to AEW, but I mean, she's had matches with Havoc and Lisa Marie uh Verone, formerly Victoria. So she's definitely, you know, and like I said, she's been to over to Japan and all kinds of places. So I don't know. I haven't seen much of it, but people seem very excited and uh that's a good thing when someone can get excited about a signing like this, especially for an eighteen year old girl. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen her in GCW a bit. She's pretty good. She's a likable person. She's good at being like kind of playing that natural babyface role. So it's good for them, and it's good for them that they are. I mean, like the most important thing I think to being able to compete with WWE or being able to compete just in general is having your own stars, your in-house stars, your you know your own talent that you can use that you can kind of build. And they have her, they have Nick Wayne, they have a bunch of like really young people that they can potentially mold into big stars for them for a long period of time. So it's a good signing. Yeah, you're right. And they did just sign Nick Wayne, who signs in a couple months with his, which is just after his 18th birthday, right? Yeah, I mean, they basically like kind of came to, I guess, like a verbal agreement or whatever for a while back. It's like, well, when you turn 18, don't go to the other guys. We'll give you a lot of money. <laughs> 
that's, so I guess we're coming coming close to that point now. So that's cool. I mean, that's a pretty good agreement, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty damn good agreement. I would uh, I would probably stick with that if I was them. So I'm getting my uh, notes for AE Dub, which is why the my glasses just lit the fuck up real quick there. Sorry. Oh, that's not good either. All right. But, um, yeah, so there you go. I mean, all we can really do is just kind of sit around and see how everything works out with hers. Hopefully it'll work out well. But uh, like I said, everything from what I saw today, people were, like, legit excited that they signed her. So must be something damn good about her. Yeah. Must be. So, well, shit. 45 minutes. We're already done with the news. I like it. I like it. Now keep uh, keep that picture of Vince up there just in case we want to uh, laugh. Okay. I'll, keep, I'll keep that up there for you, pal. God bless him. I've got to find out where he gets these ties from. I love these ties. He wears a lot of these. That might be part of the like ongoing news leaks that are going to happen at some point. He's got himself a little sweatshop. I don't know, but I love those ties he wears with the solid color up top and the you know the, the he's got the, looks like a paisley kind of thing on that. But he wears a lot of these ties with the solid color on the top. I, I like them. I need to find some. I don't really have to wear a tie to work, but I can. Understood. It's it's allowed. <laughs> it's acceptable it's acceptable but it's not uh, required I, can only wear, I can't wear jeans though I can only wear jeans on Friday so that's uh, that's not fun that sucks my other job I wear jeans every day jeans with a nice shirt and a sport coat that was kind of my look nah it's important to have a look Sometimes jeans and a t-shirt and a sport coat with work boots on because I love my work boots. Fair enough. Ah, whatever. Uh, Oh, sorry. I have still have Vince on the screen there. But um, I guess, shit, I guess we can get in a fucking, oh, what's this? What's this Tumblr? What is this? What is Nora? I get worried when Norab posts pics. I'm going to go. I was unaware Tumblr was still a thing. Oh. He's doing the La Resistance, I guess, 20 years ago today. They they debuted. Yeah, they were a solid tag team for a while there. Yeah, they actually were. They were funny, at least. They were entertaining, I'll tell you that. They were definitely entertaining, to say the least. So... All right. Fuck it. Let's do this. Let's get into fucking A-E motherfucking W, folks. There you go. That was pretty much the lineup for tonight. Pretty much. Pretty much the lineup with a bunch of little things shoved in the middle. But uh, all right. So I guess we can go ahead and get into it. My man, Smart. Let's do this. Let's go. Oh, Dynamite kicked off how it... uh, 
Oh, it kind of usually does with a damn good, not damn good match, actually. It was Darby Allen against Swerve Strickland. Um, and sparked by this picture, we can tell the embassy has, uh, th- there's also been a merge in AEW. Um, AEW's uh, mogul, what were they, the mogul affiliate is now the mogul embassy. Uh, because they have merged with the embassy. I, did I miss something? Was there a CNBC press conference about this one too? Or? No, it was on Rampage. I see. Yeah, yeah, it was on Rampage. Oh, that would have been great with fucking you have like fucking Brian Cage with fake mustache, fake eyebrows. Uh, Brian Cage, who has re-signed with AEW, folks. I'm. I there's he his he's limited in choices folks I'm sorry it's kind of like Eric Young has resigned with impact like yeah what choice did he have? Uh, l- listen this guy is limited in choices smart me and you have gone over this we've racked our brains this guy has been everywhere he always has some issue it's always you know oh well suddenly he's just not being used he's out of the company the guy's got to have a fucking attitude problem it's the only explanation i think he's got a little bit of the sid in him because like sid had height sid had a good look to him but then when he cut promos sid cut promos like he was an ai that was like unfamiliar with how humans communicate like he didn't know what words he needed to enunciate for like, or like not enunciate, but like to emphasize for dramatic effect, you know, because he'd be like taking on the Undertaker in a steel cage match, <laughs> shit like that, where it's just like, I don't know, there's just something about him, it's just something does not click, does not connect. He's got like Cage specifically, he's got a good look. He can do flips, he can do the agile stuff, he can wrestle like cruiserweight, he can do the power stuff. Don't know what about him does not connect. He's got hits people like him. Hernandez was another one of them. Okay, it's like they're not yeah. bad at what they do. They're not fucking slow and clunky and lumbering. It's not like it's a great Kali out there, but just something doesn't work. I liked how you turned Sid into Chandler Bing from Friends. <laughs> we we were on a break. <laughs> no, that was Ross. <laughs> That's right. My knowledge of Friends is limited. Chandler accented words in the wrong spots. Yes. Yeah, just like Sid would have done. <laughs> I thought that was good. I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, yes, smart. But uh, they have now merged, and they did that on Rampage last week. I believe that's where it was. So. <laughs> that's what they need is another stable no one wanted. Absolutely. I mean, I like Prince Nana, and I like. I honestly feel like if you just cut Cage out of this and just had Nana manage Swerve, I'd be okay with that. That'd be fun. Cage is just being wasted. You know, give the guy a fucking manager, and just let him go out there and beat the living piss out of people, because that's what he looks like he could do. Hmm. That's I think it. I, I think I pitched this idea before of just having him like I feel like wrestling needs somebody who does like the coked up eighties promos. I feel like have him take a shot at that. 
Like have him try to cut one of those like rambling, incoherent '80s promo, like almost, almost like kind of like Ultimate Warrior style. No, not directly rip Ultimate Warrior off, but like something in that vein mm-hmm. of like give him some tassels, have him scream, have him try to budget bulge his eyes out. No, give him Paul Ellering. No, give him Ellering. Ooh. Give him Paul fucking Ellering. You, you, you want to hire somebody? Hire Ellering. Let Ellering go out there and fucking talk for this guy. There you go. He's got a little road warrior look to him. I could see that happening. I could uh I could see that being a good fit. Paul Bring Ellering. back the fucking puppet. Bre- Rocco, I think its name was. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I would throw that guy with a manager, someone who has that kind of talking ability, someone who could go out there. Don't he, Brian Cage doesn't need to say a word. He needs to go on there and say three fucking words, four fucking words. That's it. And then just I go out the there. Machine. Yeah. And then just murder motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Look at this fucking guy. I, I mean, he, he he's not tiny. He's jacked to the fucking gills. Maybe too jacked. I, I don't get it. Got a great mohawk. But can't talk. How many guys can you? How many guys could you fucking just replace him with? That you know, just give him a manager. That's what they do with guys who have this look and can't talk. Brock fucking Lesnar. How long did it take him to come in, come into his own fucking skin on the mic? Sure. What? I mean, I guess that's what Nana's there for. But even Nana, I don't think is a, is is a a strong enough kind of voice for him maybe could be you might kind of have a point there because i like nana but i almost kind of like nana's good at getting not over and not too much else yeah i think you get a, a, a paul ellering even a tully bring tully back for the guy i gotta ooh. Ooh. i don't know if anybody i don't know if anybody else fucking followed with us like independent wrestling in like 2004 but Fucking bring out Julius Smokes. <laughs> Get him with Brian Cage, just fucking screaming and barking like a dog and yelling cocksucker at his opponents. That was amazing. That was one of my favorite moments in wrestling. They brought in Ring of Honor in like 2004 or five or whatever, brought in Jushin Liger. And it was like, it was like I think it was Jushin Liger and Danielson versus Homicide and somebody. We'll say low-key just for shits and giggles. Anyways, Liger had homicide in a submission hold and it was like it was just full-on rest hold and the crowd was silent because they were like kind of waiting for the next thing that happens and smokes looks over at liker and just at the top of his lungs yells cocksucker <laughs> and i was like that is that is beautiful you just called a legend a cocksucker you know who they should bring back for him here's a Who's good that? manager to bring back abraham washington Ooh, i'm, I'm actually totally down for that we could get Allegation jokes. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> we did. This could be good. I'm I'm down with that too. I mean, really, what other manager could you get for this guy? James Mitchell. I don't know if it works aesthetically. I don't think the evilness works either. I I think that's why I think an Ellering would be perfect for the guy. <laughs> Fucking Jimmy Hart. That would just be too much fun for me. <laughs> Personally, I would love that. 
I'd have all the fun in the world with that. I would fucking love to have Jimmy Hart back on TV for a while. That would be fucking awesome. Truth Martini. Good one, Dirk. I could. That would be okay. a good one. Sure. I didn't even think of that one, but that would be a good one for him. I could see that. I mean, I look, the only, I mean, right now, I mean, listen, up, would a Paul Heyman be great for him? Probably not even a Heyman, I don't even think, would go good for him. A Don Callis could work. Ooh, did you see that gash on Don Callis's head in the little... Oh, It looked like they spread it open, like, on purpose. Well, that's what they do. They got to get in there and make sure nothing's in there. And they look in there, and then they put fucking needles in there, and they stitch you up. Mm -hmm. That's why I just glue my shit together. Although my hand, where I glued it, I, I can't open it all the way anymore. Pulls the skin. Um, <laughs> probably fucked myself up pretty bad, but anyway. Who? Sonny Ono. He would fucking swindle them for every dime that they had with Sonny Ono. Slick. Now it's just people who I don't think match his character at all, but I would find personally amusing. Now, Slick would be fun. Part. Slick would be a fun one. He would be a fun I was one. A- I honestly was always deeply sad that they never, like, for, like, a WrestleMania had Slick manage the New Day. That would have been It would have been fun. fucking perfect. That would have been fun to see. Man, I can't think of any more fucking managers that we could use. I really think the best, I personally, probably because I said it, I think the best one would be Ellering for him. Yeah, probably. I think Ellering would be a great one to go out there and just fucking scream, yell, and cut that fucking great promo and... Like I said, let him go out there and fucking murder people. There's no fucking problem with it. I don't get it. But anyway, we did have a match to kick off Dynamite, as we usually do. We had the uh, we had Swerve Strickland versus uh, Orange Cassidy. I believe it was Orange Cassidy. Um, no, Darby. Allen, sorry. Duh. And uh, this was a... Decent match, I gotta tell you. I missed a lot of this match. I was working on making sure the audio was still going for tonight. Um, ooh, Nora brought up ooh, classy friend, Mister Backland. I think Freddie Blassie passed away, but Bob Backland would be actually. I'm fucking totally down with that. I would be definitely down for Backland. Chic. Ah, seeing him being pushed around in a wheelchair would just make me sad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for it. Like, just anything that involves Bob Backlund. Yeah, I would so, definitely buy back a good one. Fuck it, y'all keep posting them. All we got, I mean, after this, we're we're, we're good. So uh, you guys can keep posting. Another quick derailment. I was watching the '93 Rumble since Royal Rumble happened not too long ago, and Bob Backlund was in the ring with Ric Flair. Backlund out wrestled him, and then like Flair was on his back, and Backlund started doing that weird fucking sidearm dance that he does, <laughs> and Flair just stared dead eyed at the camera, just fucking total confusion. It was just a beautiful moment. <laughs> hey, we even got a Ric Flair mention tonight. Mm-hmm. We even got ooh Dutch Mantel. No, Dirk, I don't think I could see Dutch with uh, Brian Cage. That that something seems. Is he available? I don't know. I mean, oh my God! You know, you really could 
Listen, if this were fucking 15, 20 years ago, man, Dutch Mantel and him doing like an American History X gimmick. Wow, that could be fucking money right there, but you can't do that anymore. Jones. I don't know why that popped into my head like that, but for some reason it did. I'm completely banging on it who Paul Jones is. Paul Jones, that's uh, Mrs. Jones' baby boy. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's who that is, exactly. That's uh, John Jones' nephew, Paul. Yeah, his cousin, Paul. Cousin Paul. JBL with Brian Cage. I'm going to have to do a hard pass on that one. I, well, I mean, you just got done pitching the idea of doing like a Nazi gimmick for him. So, I mean, that, it, is it really that outlandish? No, you see, JBL was more about the, uh, oh, Mr. Kennedy. Nora, there's, now that one I could go with. No, no, no that's, that's, that's different. There's, it's different. You know who was good was that fucking your famous B from uh, Lucha Underground. But he just like vanished. He like up and vanished. I don't know what the fuck happened to that guy, but he was he was a manager. He was a good manager. He was. He was. I remember that. But yeah, we've uh we've picked a few good ones here. Mr. Kennedy, man, I would like to see him come back as a manager. That would be kind of fun to see. Joel Gardner. That might be it, actually. That that's pretty great. Oh shit! I think Nora might have nailed it. <laughs> yeah, because it's the whole idea is you just have Joel Gardner like also pretending that he's like this super ripped like Adonis guy. Oh, that would be fucking beautiful. Oh, what about uh, hey, uh, Big Dick Johnson? I think he's available. Bring him in for management. Uh, you would love that. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, dude, there's a lot of people that we could find. We've spent more time in the last 20 minutes working on Brian Cage than Tony Khan has in like two years. I know. And you know what the bad thing is? We've literally pitched about 50 things you could do with this guy that have absolutely nothing to do with the fucking faction that could get this guy probably over with a fucking crowd. Meanwhile, they're sitting there just going, hey, let's just stick this guy in a fucking faction, you know? Why not? Let's just, you know, he signed with us again, so let's just fuck him over one more time. <laughs> Back to Ring of Honor with you, pal. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm a fan of the guy. The guy, like, I mean, we've said it a hundred times on this show, the guy's got a fucking great look. He can fucking go in the ring. He's just, he's just obviously has a fucking attitude or some sort of problem that no one wants to deal with him. But I mean, that's got nothing to do with me. I want to see more of the guy as a fan, and but it's not up to me, unfortunately. It just ain't up to me. So, but Dynamite did kick off with that match. It was a pretty good match, and it all uh, it all kind of just came down to Darby, of course, getting the win as he always does as the underdog, and then right after the match, we get. Uh, MJF coming out. That's right. Uh, it was a good match, but it was weird because like both of, like the first two matches had similar stories that they told. Because Swerve went for a dive and he ended up like fucking up his ankle. I don't know if that's real or legit, but that was the story that they told throughout the match. And then the very next match is uh, somebody gets injured like at the very beginning, and that's 
pretty much the entirety of the matches is them trying to work despite their injury. Yeah. Man, I'm getting a little nervous right now. I'm having some fucking pretty bad chest pains. Uh, all right. If I, all right. I'll just throw something at the door if I start to die. <laughs> I'll be all right. <clears throat> I'm good. I'm good. MJF comes out, folks. That's what we're at right now. MJF comes out and I guess backhandedly praises Darby as MJF usually does. Uh, then, of course, he trashes him. Um, Darby starts talking about uh, how he's he's in therapy. And Sting's not his dad, but he is his best friend in the company. MJF just trashes down Darby as, you know, as he usually does. And here comes Sting. Sting says, uh, I don't really see myself as a daddy. And he doesn't really care for all the daddy daycare references. I, I saw some shades of Joker Sting tonight. I, I, I like when we get that a little bit. Uh, Sting started pulling out pom-poms, calling himself more of a cheerleader. And he's throwing pom-poms. He had them everywhere, didn't he? Yeah, he's in touch with his inner carrot top, just breaking out the fucking props. <laughs> about eight fucking pom-poms just stowed away in his jacket. Yes, he did. Um, I thought I thought it was funny though. When, again, we saw a lot of uh, a little bit of Joker sting tonight when he brought up Cody, and he was like, "Oh," and he brought up Cody and how Cody was kind of his support system for MJF, and um, that's when we got the little Ric Flair reference. And Sting said how much he respects Flair. Flair actually tweeted him back and said the uh, the respect is mutual. So, isn't that nice? But uh, I thought this was fun. I thought Sting actually made this a lot more fun of a segment. Yeah, he was. I like I like Sting when he's just kind of doesn't give a shit and he just does whatever. It seemed like he was having fun. I enjoyed watching. Yeah, and and uh, I'm not saying the segment was bad or going bad. I'm just saying you've got Darby Allen who's kind of dry on the mic. And you've got MJF, who just kind of comes out and does the same thing. You know MJF's going to have some good one-liners, some good zingers. Sting just came out there and made it fun. You know, he's he's throwing pom-poms. He's fucking bringing up Cody. He's laughing. He's getting the crowd involved. So, yay for Sting. Indeed. Yay for Sting here, man. I, I liked it, so... After that, we get some Powerhouse Hobbs. They're finally trying to push Powerhouse Hobbs. They finally remembered they've got Powerhouse Hobbs as, uh, as Oh, I forgot to show you the Sting picture. There's Sting right there. There you go. Uh, we see Powerhouse Hobbs, though, and he comes out. He's coming out for his match against Silas Young to, uh, re- to uh, defend the TNT Championship. And uh, he's out there. He wins the match. He's beaten down Silas, and we go to the back, and we see Wardlow. And he's beating up this car that Powerhouse had just gotten out of that was, I guess, given to him by by everybody. He's beating mm-hmm. first. He won a hands-on-the-hard body competition. Yeah, that's what it was. So Wardlow starts beating the car with a pipe. Then he gets one of those golden velvet rope stands, throws it through the windshield, and then he sees a forklift, and he's like, aha. Because 
everyone just leaves keys in forklifts. That's just the way it goes. You know, you, you know, you just leave a key in a forklift. That's it. This is what you do. Uh, so he starts the forklift. The forklift puts it straight through the window, and then he goes to the bottom and he tries lifting it up, but the forks are too short. So the car just flips over on its back. And Gordon, I was hoping so bad that he wouldn't be able to properly flip the car. Like, as in the car wouldn't flip at all. It would just be, like, kind of perpetually stuck on its side. They'd have uh, to, like, call Plan B. Plan B would have just been to move forward as the car rolls. Meanwhile, it was an electric forklift that was a pretty... I think... No, it was a propane. It was a propane lift. You could gas a propane lift and give it more power in the hydraulics. Taz was great because they, they were trying to make this like this big impactful moment of like any number of how they used to do back in the day when they would have like the backstage segments and so and so would destroy somebody's car. It's typically Austin doing this. We do it with like Vince's car and did with the DX bus and all that kind of shit. Yep. But anyways, they're making this into this big moment, and as soon as he starts walking towards, as soon as like as soon as they show the forklift on the camera, Taz says, "Old High Low Jones over there." It just made me laugh. And then he could just tell he was checked out. Oh, Taz didn't give a shit. And then he forgets to put the forklift in park and it just rolls into the fucking car. Mm -hmm. That could have gone bad, just so you know. I'm going to think that that was intentional. It probably wasn't, but it seemed like it might have been. I don't know, but that it is a propane lift. I see the propane tank right there on the back of the old uh, green Hilo. As uh, Taz put it, high low Joe. Shut up. Fucking Taz. <laughs> that is what I love about Taz as a commentator. It's like he could, when he, when he actually, he's like the Randy Orton of commentary. Like when he cares, he's really good at his job. But then you just never know if he's going to give a shit or not. And when he doesn't, that's even more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Taz can be, uh, be a little of both, but... Uh... Anyway, after that, Wardlow comes through the fucking uh, out on the ramp and they're beating the shit out of each other. It's a uh, I would say it's an all out brawl, but I don't know if you can say that anymore without poking fun at CM Punk. This is true. I'm not going to criticize AEW for this because this shit happens all the time in every wrestling company. There's always these big pull apart brawls where the roster gets involved. But I was thinking about this. Let's, let's pretend this is all like on the up and ups. Well, You're a wrestler and like you see your coworkers getting into a fight. How does it behoove you unless you're one of their friends to intervene? Because like a bunch of random wrestlers got involved in this and they got beat up. It's like, why would you care that two wrestlers are fighting each other? That's what they do. Uh, because the boss told them to go break it up. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's the answer to the question. But I was just sitting there thinking about this. I was like, why would you give a shit? Like, if this was real and this was your job, and, like, your job involved fighting your coworker on a weekly basis anyway, and then you saw two of your coworkers fighting and you didn't care about either one of them, why would you rush out there to stop them? I mean, I don't know, but I guess there's some sort of reason for it. Because, like, everybody just got their ass. Everybody just ran out and they all got their asses kicked. Yeah, I, I fucking he murdered fucking Aaron Solo. Wardlow did. <laughs> I think life has done that to that poor boy. 
I think everybody's done that. That poor boy. That poor guy just went fucking down and out. They were look. He was like twitching down there. He was like Daniel Bryan twitching in the ring, or in the on the fucking ground there. So after that, though, we get the old. Uh, we get Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson, and they're backstage in their sunglasses and. They look like they were rejected from being extras in Top Gun. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that, but Juice Robinson looks like he was trying out for the volleyball scene, and they said no. Um, and Jay White was trying to be a pilot, and they're like, "You have to cut your hair," and he said, "Oh no, I don't do that." And, I think I need another beer. They do both do a good job of looking sleazy. Like I don't think that's necessarily part of their gimmick, but they do just both do a good job of like retraining the slime ball look. I think maybe with Juice that's a little bit of his gimmick, but that's not part of Jay White's gimmick. Juice, I gotta admit, Juice has a little bit, and I'm not comparing here, but you look at him, you see a little Randy Savage in him a little bit with the beard, the hair, the glasses. Yes, speaking strictly of an aesthetic quality, he does yeah. look a bit like Savage. I am saying in looks. Sort of a lion. I guess. Uh, but I am saying in looks and looks only. Absolutely. Thank you for clarifying that for me. Yeah, absolutely. And Jay White, like I said, he looks like he's trying out for a movie and hopes he gets the role. He looks like he's trying out to be Eric Roberts in a in Best of the Best. I don't know. This was uh, the, the this was okay. I uh, whatever it, it was, what it was. Do, do do we have to? Acceptable. Yes, we're getting Bullet Club Gold. Apparently, is was a point of this segment. Outside of them just looking like B movie action stars, I guess is your point. I guess. I guess that's what we're getting. I don't know. But, uh, okay, whatever. Jay White, Juice Robinson. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of feel the same way except I like Juice Robinson. But this is why I like doing a show with you because, like, I watched somebody else review AEW from the other day, and it was like they were just saying that this was, like, one of the greatest shows they've ever seen, like, last week's AEW. Oh. It's like, oh, they fucking struck when the iron was hot. They knew how bad Raw was, and they capitalized. This was like right after I got done asking you. I was like, "Do you think they capitalized because Raw sucked?" And you were like, "No." <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then everybody was like, "Oh my God, Jay White! This is going to change everything." And you're like, "Yeah, so Jay White's there, I guess. Uh, whatever, who cares?" Yeah, I um, I don't think Jay White can change the landscape to anything. I really don't. I, look, I'm not saying this is another guy I think that's fucking overrated. Hey, maybe a little. People were have talked about this guy like he's the fucking <laughs> next coming of Ric Flair. But uh That's a pretty great line from Christopher Kane. They look like the meth heads that hang out by the Wawa. Okay. <laughs> I think specifically adding Wawa to it is what sets it over the top for me. Oh, shit. 
I've only been once. I've only been to one Wawa in my life. They they, they got them down in Florida. So that, that that's the only time I've ever been. They just got them. I I had never been to one until I went back there in July. Um, but anyway, now we get Buddy Matthews versus yes. Orange Cassidy, and this was for the AEW International Championship. Good match going on. Went to picture in picture. During picture in picture, they decided to bring the best friends down and see if he Darby needed help during the match. Or I'm sorry, Orange Cassidy. Why am I mixing them up tonight? Um, see if Orange Cassidy needed help during the match. He kind of waved him off and was like, no, no, it's fine. But I got to tell you, man, this was a fucking great, great match. This crowd was fired the fuck up for this match. Um, Orange Cassidy sneaking out a window retained, but dude, these guys put on a fucking excellent match. I thought excellent. Yeah, it was really good. I was that was one of the times where I was actually thankful that I was watching on the Fight TV version because otherwise, I'd, like, there's a lot of times where I'm watching a match and I was like, man, I actually kind of wish that I could watch the picture in picture so mm-hmm. I could go do something else for a minute. Mm-hmm. But this was this was really good. I really like this one. Like I said, it was a little kind of similar to the first match because it, like Orange Cassidy hurts his hand halfway, like relatively early on. And then the majority of the match is like him trying to figure out what he can do to supplement the hand being injured. And it was like they had that cool spot where like he hits the orange punch and then like he doesn't. Matthews kicks out like almost immediately and it's like, well, what the fuck do I do now? And he ended up doing the uh, the, the pinning combination that he did. Yeah. To end up winning the match. So that was cool. But I mean, both of those guys are really fucking talented. Yeah. And I think there was a little bit of it like. Uh, SPC saying that he thought Murphy should have won potentially, but like there was at least that plausibility that he could have won, so that made it more interesting. So it seemed like his title was actually in jeopardy, so you didn't quite know who was going to win. That made it more fun. Yeah, and the great, you know, good falls finishes, and you know, I, I, it was definitely good. And I've seen that from a lot of people that's that say that Murphy should have won that right there, but isn't the guy a trios champion right now? How many titles do we have to put on him? Yeah, I know what you mean, and like that's a very fair point. But I do think they're trying really hard to like make House of Black like as dominant as possible after you know a couple of months of not necessarily handling them the best possible way. So it wouldn't have surprised me, but that's I don't necessarily blame them for not giving them two different titles. Yeah, but it's I mean I, mean, I don't mean to I don't mean to I don't know how this is gonna sound, but I mean it's Buddy Murphy. It is, but I mean it's also a mid card title. Like technically speaking, I think it's like the third tier title. But he already. I think TNT title is supposed to be the mid card title, and then like it's supposed to be like sort of a European title. But he's already got a mid card title. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's already got a mid card title. I'm sorry. Go, please go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just saying like for the talent, like I think for the range of talent that they're expecting to hold that belt, I think he's appropriate. Because I mean, it's not supposed to be like you know, it's not supposed to be a Kenny Omega title. No, no. I mean, I, I, all right. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, but man, everybody just wants the, well, just, 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 just wants these titles to be fucking changed all the fucking time. Sami Zayn should have won. Buddy Murphy should have won. My God, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn won. Calm the fuck down, everybody. We got a good one already. Let's wait. You're right. Sami Zayn should have won the international title. No. 
So I've been telling people. Nobody's listening to me. You know what I'm fucking saying here. And I know what you're fucking saying. You see here. the point I'm trying to make. I I'm what I'm saying. I I I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I saw by the by, sorry for the spoiler, Christopher Kane. We're just fucking really going through it this week. We're fucking speeding right through. Yeah, we are. Normally has the time to catch up because we usually talk about like Limp Bizkit for 20 minutes, but that, that hasn't happened this week. So No, I mean, listen, we, there's nothing else we can say. Remember, they did it all for the Nookie. That's all we can say. But we did get another video, Smart, for uh, Christian and Luchasaurus. Uh, Christian did speak in this video very quickly. He finally just said, uh, I believe it was some things have changed. And he gives a little... <laughs> that was like literally it. <laughs> yeah, and he gives a little scoff. <laughs> and uh, I guess we're going to see, uh, once again, Evil Saurus and Christian. Did it seem like they were trying to make him like kind of cane-like, or is that just me reading too much of the red lights that they used? I think it's probably the red and the red mask and the... I mean, he's still a dinosaur. I don't remember Kane being a dinosaur. I think it was implied... I mean, he did sound like one at times with that little voice box. But no, I don't think he was ever actually yes. a dinosaur. Well, the storyline was that the Undertaker killed his family. So, like, Kane or the Undertaker was, like, sort of the Big Bang Theory. Right. The Ice Age or whatever. Oh. Like, he was responsible for killing off the dinosaurs, and, like, Kane was, like, the last dinosaur. Because he could chew fire. Hmm. Okay. Like, Reptar. Reptar is a dinosaur. Hmm. I, I, he's like Chewbacca, kind of, maybe? I'm, I'm... In many ways, he is like Chewbacca. Is he a Wookiee? <laughs> he did it all for the Wookiee. <laughs> no shit. I didn't even think about that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, was, that was a weird Al B side. He did it all for the Wookiee. What? The Wookiee. <laughs> Did it all for the Wookiee. I think you just named the show, by the way. Fred Durst, dressed like Darth Vader. That'd be pretty awesome. I think we just did it all for the Wookiee. I think you might have just fucking done it. (laughs) Did it all for the Wookiee. What? The Wookiee. All right. I think we should move on. Fair enough. Oh, okay. So Renee's backstage with Orange Cassidy this time and the best friends. And she asks Orange Cassidy about his hands. And the best friends just take that as their time to go, yeah, fuck his hand. And um, no, we just want to match with Aussie Open on Rampage. That's pretty much what I caught from this. Right. Yeah, I mean, that literally was what happened. It was like, yeah, his hand's not important. We want a match on Rampage. Yeah, his hand will heal. We need a match. And then, of course, the crowd cheered because Rampage is going to have it about an hour after the show. Yeah, Rampage will be on late I bu- or early. No, late. They're coming on late, right? Because of the... Uh... NBA, NBA right? They said they'll be on either, either nine thirty or right after the playoffs, whenever that may be. I don't know. 
So I think it's going to be afterwards because Friday they're doing two different games. It's going to be the like second round of the play-in tournament. They do a whole play-in tournament now. But oh, all right. I, I well, okay. If you say so. I do say I actually missed half the main event watching the end of the Bulls game because they were in the first half of the play-in games. They were playing the Toronto Raptors. Ah, Canadians. That's right. Damn Canucks. All right. Well. <laughs> That's actually how I watched that game. I was chanting USA like it was like an 80s WWF show. Awesome. There you go. That's how you should watch. Mm-hmm. It's exactly how you should. Like you're a fucking good baby face like you are. So now we get to the uh, probably one of the better parts of the show. Uh, we have Ethan Page in the middle of the ring. He's got a microphone. Uh, of course, he gets no entrance because nobody gives a fuck as usual. We said this last week and we still I believe we were uh, we're sticking with it. We talked about how the firms had a bit of a rough patch as of late. And he demands to know why Matt Hardy hit him in the head with a title last week. He calls out Matt Hardy, and here comes Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. So, boy, if they didn't make this a convoluted fucking story, I don't know what to tell you. Basically, I'm going to break it down for you. Break it down. Matt Hardy put a clause in his contract that if Ethan Page lost his match last week, that... Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy would be out of their contracts with the firm. I don't know how he did that because they had already signed the contracts before. Anyway, anywho, let's not bring logic into this. That is basically what he said. So he he, he was insuring himself by hitting Ethan Page in the head and he was going to lose and that he would be out of the contract. Well, that was pretty much... Most of the good part. So basically, at this point, there was a good part. Well, that was basically the good part of it. Because Christopher Kane says his promo is taking forever. This was in reference to he's watching the Darby Allen promo, but yeah, I feel like it's going to be applicable to when he gets to see the Ethan Page promo too. Because yeah, 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 yeah. You're probably going to repeat that statement. You're probably going to repeat that statement, but. Um, but if you think the Darby Allen promo is bad, you've got Ethan Page to look forward to. Yeah, wait till you get to Ethan Page. And he's in there and he says, by the way, I'm where, you know, it's not just uh, me and Stokely Hathaway in the firm. And here comes Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Mm-hmm. They take out, basically, they chalk block those two guys, throw them in the ring, and now everybody's beaten down uh, Lee Moriarty or the uh, the two guys there. Also, spoiler alert. What? Yeah, of course. I'm just saying for his benefit, because something happens. Of course. They jump Cassidy and uh, Cassidy and Hardy from behind. Now all three are beating them down. And here comes Hook to even out the odds a little bit. And Hook is just taking motherfuckers out. Not doing the best job at looking good by doing it, but doing it anyway. Uh, Big Bill was a little too much for him, though. And it allowed Ethan Page to get a shot to the back, taking him out. So they're all beating him down. And then next thing you know, the music hits. The crowd goes fucking ape shit. And here he comes, not dancing, not gyrating, running to the ring, painted chair in hand. 
Jeff fucking Hardy. Mm-hmm. Continuing the trend of wrestlers for some reason doing arts and crafts supplies on their weapons. Well, I mean, arts, me... arts and crafts projects. He's had some downtimes, Mark. True. He's Maybe had... he was the one that was painting those chairs and kendo sticks in the rest of the Hell in the Cell match at WrestleMania. Could have been. You never know. But I will tell you, he has had time on his hands. Uh, Jeff Hardy looking much better uh, than he was. Looking looking good. Um, look, we all know what Jeff's capable of. We've seen him you know, do his thing for a lot of years. Probably a lot longer than people thought he would be doing it. So... I think last week was kind of a telltale sign. The Hardy boys were coming back and they are back. We got the Hardy boys back together, folks. Yeah, the crowd seemed to really enjoy it. I mean, I, I just have a hard time getting super involved in it anyway, because it, we've been down this road of billions of times at this point. Like hopefully Jeff manages to stand a straight and narrow and everything goes well for him. But you start getting into what they're doing, and then next thing you know, it's gone again. So just one of those things where it's just like, hope for the best, expect the worst. Yeah, I I, I think we're all hoping Jeff can stay on the straight and narrow. Because you know what? Let's 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 just lay it out there. This 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 could be his last chance. This could be his last time. This could be the last place he has to go. I mean, he's no spring chicken. His body isn't exactly, you know, in the best shape that it ever has been. He's beat up. And this, I mean, look, if Jeff fucks up, that could be it. It could be it. So I don't want to see that. I wouldn't mind seeing Jeff for another year, maybe two, maybe even three, whatever he thinks he can get out of this. So I don't know. I just wouldn't mind. I like Jeff Hardy. I really do. I really do, and I hope the best for him. And I hope, like you just said, I hope he can keep on the straight and narrow. But, yeah, it is tough to, you know, get involved because you know at any time Jeff Hardy could go full-fledged Jeff Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) For lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. You know, Jeff could go back to being... Jeff at any time so I don't know we'll have to just see what happens and hope everything works out. that dog sneeze is that what that is yes holy shit what the what the did he swallow a spite of fucking fly she has allergies I'm always worried because she's like her face comes dangerously close to bouncing off the floor every time she does that and one of these days it's gonna happen and I'm gonna laugh and then I'm gonna feel really bad about that wow nah you'll be alright you'll be alright you'll be okay whoa bless you puppy anyway so we get this little Kenny Omega promo he's not backstage looks like look to be at home during this promo, which I guess was kind of a kind of to throw off the, the enemy. Since um, everyone else pointed it out on Twitter, I'm going to point it out too. He, in the background of what appears to be his home, he has the picture hanging up that he had commissioned of him and Don Callis, like the oil painting, them shirtless wearing jeans, and like have baby oil on it. Shit. Right and over, it's fucking phenomenal. Right over his left shoulder, if you're looking for it, folks. 
you can check it out. You can check that out. I'm glad you picked. I'm glad you saw that too. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. he's in his home. He's talking about the Bucks and how he talks to him all the time and blah blah blah. And he says his problem with the Blackpool Combat Club will be settled in the ring. That was a little foreshadowing because next up was the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Claudio versus Brandon Cutler and Mike and Michael Nakazawa. Um, they basically beat these guys down before the match even started at all. Um, not, they were both bleeding before the match even started. Cutler and Nakazawa, both of them. Uh, yeah. At one point, Moxley decided to bite Cutler's nose. I do have to say, under that mask, the blood looked really cool. Yeah, that was. It nice. was shiny. It was glistening. It looked worse than it was because it was like it. It looked like his whole face was bleeding, and then you'd see it from the side, and you would see that it was just basically just the the way the light was hitting the mask. I also feel like at one point I felt like he called me out a little bit because Moxley looked into the camera and yelled, "Don't change the channel." I was like, "All right, fair enough." I could Moxley was had blood on him tonight, but it wasn't none of it was his. Oh yeah, he took took the week off. Wait, this is two weeks in a row. Moxley has not bled. Maybe he just needs time to like heal it up, like build everything back up, get the plasma going again. Get the plasma going again. I, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but, okay, so here's what happened here. Um, Moxley, uh, basically, after the match, he calls out Hangman and the Elite. Um, he says, they're not even here. They're in the hospital. But Kenny Omega does come out. And uh, basically, they're all focused on Kenny Omega. He's dancing around. And um, what Moxley and Claudio don't see is that the Young Bucks are right there behind them. So the Elite makes their return. The Bucks start beating down the Blackpool Combat Club. Omega grabs a a giant case. And I believe it was uh, Nick Matt Jackson who stopped him and handed him the screwdriver just like Brian did to um, Hangman last week. Yeah. Hangman. Cole, Hangman, Hangman. So there you go. And I mean, right, uh, he's got the screwdriver Omega, and right before he, I mean, this was fucking attempted murder, by the way. Right before he stabs Moxley, uh, Yuta and Claudio pull him out of the ring. Hmm. Christopher Cates says Wardlow's having a hard time destroying a car. I uh, give it a minute. He, he was not doing well on the uh, bonus bonus stage of Street Fighter Two. No, he was not. He Honda did a little bit of a better job. It looked like the guy, like the big football player, like you know, at school when they would do those charity like days, the pep rallies, and you got to sledgehammer the car. And, and I mean, I, I remember pep rallies, but nobody ever sledgehammered a car. Y'all Your never pep rallies were way cooler. Okay, they used to do this at our school, and it was a charity thing. You'd pay like a dollar or two, and you would get to take a sledgehammer to an already pretty beat up car. We'd always get the big football player up there who thought he was going to put this big dent in the car, and then turns out he can't do it because it's a fucking beat up car. 
So just kind of reminded me of that. Well, he couldn't do it, not because the car's already beat up, but because his, his alcoholic father also drives a similar car. So, like, as he went to bring the hammer over his head, he started remembering what his dad would do to him at night. And he just had a hard time, you know, getting the gusto going and land a swing that would actually cause any sort of damage to a 73 Pinto. Well, I think it was actually the, uh, uh, it was actually his dad's car that was repoed. That's probably, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what it was. Because he, he couldn't hit the car with full force because he was thinking he needed that energy to walk to the bus stop the next day. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to have it. Got to have it. So uh, after Kenny Omega uh, uh, attempted murder on um, John Moxley, we moved right on to the next match, which was the women's match, which was Sky Blue and Riho coming out for their match against Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. Of course, Soraya down there causing trouble during the match the whole time because they're the outcasts. <laughs> and um, Ruby and Storm basically stole the win in this match, and they start beating down Riho and Sky, and then Jamie Hayter comes out. But we get another, get another little surprise tonight. Britt Baker back in the ring. Throwing down, not injured anymore. So uh, pretty good stuff. Sort of. I mean, the match was the match was solid. I don't like the angle. I did. I do like Ruby in those shorts, though. She was wearing matching shorts. Tony wears. So that was fun for everyone. But the angle, the storyline, not so great. But the match was okay. No, you see, I'm trying to look past all that. I I brought up the good. The good was Jamie Hader comes down, Britt Baker comes down, Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. I still, it seems very, something seems very wrong with them being baby faces. I don't. It doesn't. It it something smells wrong here. Smells fishy. Mm, not. No. You're baiting me into something here, Smark. <laughs> Your word's not mine. I didn't say fishy, sir. I didn't say that part. Oh, I forgot to show the picture of the elite down there. There they are. Anyway. I, I wouldn't do that to you, to, to you. I do like the top Jamie Hayter is wearing. It accents her sternum. It looks very British, though. It does. I have no problem with that. Like it looks like a fuck. Like she be wearing a powdered wig with it. I think it'd still be sexy. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think it still would. I'd still have no problem. Turn to that. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and hit this main event. What do you say? That's right. It's called a Franklin fetish on the streets, but anyway. Well, well, excuse me. Fucking fancy Maybe man over there. Um, so yeah, we do have the main event, as you can see right there. Those are my little sides over there on the Titantron we've got here. And, uh, it is Keith Lee and Chris Jericho, um, who, I, I, Jericho comes out with Daniel Garcia, the crowd serenades him as usual. Um, and Lord Keith Lee makes his entrance in his cloak. I love that he has the cloak. I was half expecting him to disappear and show up in the ring, like like some magician or something with a cloak on. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, fucking Mordecai coming out and behind him or something. 
They tried that shit in WWE. Like, I think it was like Fantasio or some shit. No, like they, they had it. That was like the gimmick was so bad that people just forgot about it. Like it didn't even go on. Like the shitty gimmicks was. <laughs> but they had a magician gimmick. They did it. Uh, I think you're right. Fant or Phantasma. Well, no, that was that's the uh, NXT guy. That's the Gato del Phantasma. No, you're right. But I think Fan might have been Phantasmo. Maybe. I think one of the names. Ah, someone else. Look, look it up while the choo choo's going by. Um so at at one point we get Keith Lee doing a moonsault off the top rope and Jericho gets his knees up, but Keith Lee is so padded that it hurts Jericho and not Keith Lee. Keith Lee just gets up like, oh, my belly. That hurt for a couple seconds there. And Fantasia. Fantasia, okay. So I feel like it's kind of a middle ground because that's kind of what I said. It's a little bit of what you said. Both right, but wrong yeah. in the same. And it's spelled P-H-A, so like, kind of similar. All right, there you go. I do remember the gimmick. I do. I remember he came in the ring and pulled fucking streamers out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. I remember that. That I remember. So, uh, but anyway, Jericho <laughs> grabs Aubrey Edwards as they're doing something, and Daniel Garcia gets up, and <laughs> I don't know who was out of place here, but God, did this look awkward. Daniel Garcia is just throwing air punches in the ring. Because someone's out of place here. And it just, something didn't look right with this. And Jericho ends up falling down. And the referee was still distracted. And I guess that's what matters. Um, now, Aubrey's concentrating on trying to get Garcia out of the ring. And we see someone in a jacket. We knew it was Keith Lee because he had the same jacket on that he came to the ring with earlier. Swerve. It was Swerve. And after that, we get Adam Cole coming out. He checks on Keith Lee, gives him some words of encouragement after his loss and a fist bump, and they walk up the ramp. And that was basically it for uh, AEW Dynamite. Yeah, it was a pretty solid show, I thought. I mean, Ethan Page thing kind of sucked, but other than that, everything else was enjoyable. And, like, they get a lot of criticism, rightfully so, sometimes about, like, not letting things have like play out and have proper reverence. Uh -huh. They jump from like point A to point B and they just never let shit settle. They didn't do that this week. There are like a lot of things had ample time to play out. Like most things, you know, you get like a match and then you get the segment that happens in relation to the match after that. You know, like you get like run ins or whatever promos after the match involving the people that were just in that match. Like there, it had a lot of time, everything played out. In due time. Yeah, I mean, even Swerve coming down with Keith Lee was good continuity because that story never played out and just kind of faded away. And now it's coming back. And there was some good stuff tonight, I thought. It was a decent night. Not 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 a great night of AEW, but um, nothing to sit here and complain about, to be honest. Not much. I mean, we complained about a couple of things, but we joked about a couple of things more than complained, I would say. Yeah. So... I don't know, man. I really got nothing else. Like I said, it wasn't a big news week this week, and uh, I got no problem wrapping it up and letting everybody get the fuck out of here early. 
Sounds good. Yeah, that was fun doing the manager thing for Brian Cage. Like I said, we came up with about 50 different things that uh, we could do for him. And uh, we're not even getting fucking paid for it. So there's definitely some stuff they could do with Brian Cage. And um, I don't know. I just thought uh, it was a decent decent show tonight with uh, AEW. And uh, like I said, this wasn't a lot of news to get into. But uh, on that note, I always appreciate the chat room coming on in. and appreciate Smart coming and joining me on these wonderful Wednesday nights. And uh, I think that's about it, folks. You guys know where you can find us right here next week. We'll be back on YouTube. Smart, let them know where they can find you other than here, sir. That's right. Totally inappropriate sports. We are on YouTube streaming live now, so you can check us out there. You can check us out on the archives. It's every Monday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. There you go. All right, folks. On that note, nice early night, nice streamlined show. And we will be back next week right here on Wrestling Outlet. See ya! Adios.